From SoftChoice, this is The Catalyst, the podcast that is shining a light on the human side of IT and reframing our relationship to technology. I'm your host, Erica Van Noort. For a long time, the idea of the cloud seemed pretty cryptic, even alien to some people. But those days are long gone, and over the last year, organizations' adoption of cloud technology has become very, very normal. Paired with the shift to remote work due to the pandemic, companies have been making this move to the cloud at an unprecedented rate. But the road to cloud adoption hasn't necessarily been a smooth one. And when something is rushed, it doesn't always mean it's done well. After a year of scrambling to pivot the workforce, many companies are starting to look at their cloud environments and are being blown away by astronomical cloud bills, security gaps, and IT people who are just plain old overwhelmed. All this to say that just because you're in the cloud doesn't mean you've actually innovated. So how do you do cloud right? Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Craig McQueen, Vice President of Innovation at SoftChoice to discuss the new ROI of cloud. And when I say ROI, I don't just mean return on investment and what cloud can do for you. What I want to explore is how companies can reduce, optimize, and innovate their cloud journey. Yeah, that ROI. Craig's experience and passion for cloud technology runs deep. He and his team at SoftChoice lead the development of services required to help organizations adopt the most secure solutions across cloud, collaboration, and the digital workplace. Simply put, Craig is our very own cloud guru, and I can't think of anyone better suited to have this conversation with today. Thanks for joining me, Craig. Great to be here, Erica. I've been looking forward to the conversation. So have I. Okay, so let's start by talking about the pandemic's impact on cloud adoption. Many experts say the pandemic put more pressure on cloud adoption and sped up migration. Could you paint us a picture of what that looked like and the paradigm shifts that happened, Craig? For sure, Erica, and it's been fascinating. There's really been two paradigm shifts. Of course, work from home, or said another way, not working in the office. And the other one is innovation at speed. And so the reason there was a change with work from home is that many organizations had computer infrastructure in the office that they relied on for work. And all of a sudden, that wasn't available to them anymore. So in order to keep business running, they needed compute infrastructure in some way. And the fastest way to do that was to spin it up in cloud. So we saw, for example, engineering firms or many universities who do research, they have computing infrastructure that's pretty high powered and they needed to be able to do that from home. So we helped them with many virtual desktops running in the cloud so that they could still have that computing power and get the work done. The other thing that we saw happen is, as I said, innovation at speed. I'm sure all of us have done some roadside pickups and people needed to build new applications for that. We saw so many new applications being built to support uh, some of the new business models. Not only that, some organizations may have had online shopping, but they weren't ready for the scale and demand uh, that was brought into place because of the pandemic. And so many organizations, although they had started in cloud, had to really accelerate infrastructure and architecture to support the increased demand. 
Great points. And and as consumers, we've all experienced these, you know, organizations having to change their business model literally overnight in order to uh, support the new needs of consumers and also to support remote everything. As I like how you put it. It's uh, not working from the office anymore. I like that approach. So with all this change, there's got to be some growing pain. So can you tell us about the challenges and pitfalls of cloud migration that you're seeing today? Again, it shows up in two different buckets, kind of at the opposite end of the scale. The good thing about cloud is it can be easy to get started. The problem is it's easy to get started. And what's often missed is the proper governance around uh, using the cloud. And so many organizations got started with the cloud just so that they could get things working, yet they forgot a lot of IT governance that should be in place. Then we have the opposite end of the scale where organizations for 20 years had hardened their IT governance and they took the exact same IT governance and tried to do it in cloud, which you can do, but you completely lose the agility of cloud. So they were not able to get the speed that they wanted because they're trying to use a traditional IT governance for deploying things in the cloud, which then creates disappointment in, in receiving benefits. So it's interesting. It's like a little bit of a conundrum you presented, right? So with that, can you maybe give us a few examples of pitfalls and mistakes? And what is the impact on the organization, knowing that some can be quite costly? For sure. And they usually fall into two categories of governance, security and cost. So for example, with security, we've seen multiple administrator accounts being attached to a cloud tenant. And um If one of those people leave, they could take their keys to the kingdom with them. We've also seen people using data centers outside of the country when they weren't supposed to be uh, because there weren't any controls in place. On the cost side, we've seen individuals use very expensive resources when they didn't need to. And uh, that ends up uh, being a hit on the cloud bill at the end of the month. We've also seen just people struggling with forecasting what the cloud costs are by not understanding what the run rate will be. And so there's ways to avoid that. So Craig, when you talk about cost, I know our listeners are probably wondering, like, are we talking like 500 bucks a month? Are we talking more? Like, what's the impact on the cost side that you've seen? Yeah. And, you know, it it depends on the specific situation. But in the industry, we've seen customers spending 30 to 35 percent more then they really need to. And if I uh, you know, recall a specific example of how it can get out of control, it's simply an engineer turning on some data services to do some learning and left on for a period of months. That gets into the you know, $20,000, $30,000 if it's the, an expensive data security service. Wow. Okay. So quite costly adds up. Security is one that's come up on previous podcasts when we uh, spent time with David Kennedy, who I think freaked us all out a little bit. But you talk about the overcapacity. So why do these pitfalls and growing pains keep happening? It's almost like, you know, your, your doctor tells you you're supposed to eat vegetables and you know you're supposed to eat vegetables, but you don't always eat vegetables. So I think of that when I think of cloud, right? So you know all these things that you're supposed to do. So why do they keep happening? Yeah, and it's, it's pretty consistent. It, it comes down to time and experience. And if uh, with anything, if you want to do something well that you've never done before, you have to be able to carve out the time to plan and also make sure that there's the right experience to execute on it. 
And what's happened to uh, IT departments over the past year is that an, an already stressed group of people had even more work put on them because as people shifted to work from home, well, that's all technology based and organizations did not add to their staff last year. If nothing else, they reduced. And so the staff that would be responsible for moving to cloud just haven't had the time to really properly consider the the move to the cloud. And combined with that, it's hard to find the expertise. Even when they do get the right cloud architect within their organization, it's a very competitive environment. So they might have the plan all together, and then the cloud architect leaves and goes somewhere else, putting them at a standstill again. So enough about challenges, because we could talk about challenges all day long. Let's get to solutions. So can you give us a high-level view of cloud done right? If you were to hand a customer sort of the ultimate cloud migration checklist, what would be on it? Where do they start and what happens from there? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. You know, as Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind. I'd advise not necessarily consider your first step, but where do you want to be? What value do you want to get out of the cloud? Why are you looking at it in the first place? And make sure that you have a clear picture of of what success looks like. Not only that, you then need to socialize it around the organization because it is a change to your organization and there's change management involved. So you want to make sure you have that picture or the end in mind of what it will be like in your organization once you achieve it. And then you work backwards from there uh, to figure out, well, what are the steps that need to take place in order to get there? Now, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a hint of what the end in mind should be, and it is around automation. So, Erica, we talked about the two challenges of moving. One is the individual who moves quickly and doesn't put any of the governance in place. And then the other side of things where they take traditional IT governance, which is often very labor intensive and you don't get the agility. Automation can give you both. You can actually have your cake and eat it too. Because what you can do is look at all the policies in your organization, such as what data centers are you allowed to use? What resources should you be allowed to use and what should you not be allowed to use? Who should have access? And you can code that up. So you don't need people involved to inspect. You can take all of those policies and build them into the system. So then when you're operating the system, you can do it very efficiently and still have the agility, yet your policies will be enforced automatically. So when I think of an end in mind, it is to get that state of automation. Well, and it's interesting because if you're beginning with the end in mind and what does success look like, you're also weeding out a lot of those human errors and decision points that might normally come in if you were doing things manually. So when you talk about going back to legacy approach versus not, you're talking about how do you how do you actually bake agility into how it is you're going about your cloud strategy? You're absolutely right. And you get consistency in applying those policies and you de-risk your cloud expert leaving. (laughs) Now, Erica, you also asked me, well, what is that checklist or the steps in order to get to that end in mind? And usually what happens is you need to understand your current state. And so it's doing an inventory of, of what you have today to understand which of those resources make sense to move to the cloud. And at the same time, that's when you start thinking about your cloud policies and governance. 
And by defining that, you can create the environment in a way that ultimately will be secure and governed in the right way. And then you'd be ready to uh, migrate those workloads that you did assess are the right ones to start moving. And then you're on your way to uh, getting to your end state. So it's one thing to implement proper governance once, but of course it's an ongoing thing. And at SoftChoice, we looked at, well, what are the issues ongoing for managing cloud? And it does fall into governance. Uh, there is still management required. So you still need to patch your virtual machines. You still need to have care and feeding of, of the environment. And then of course you wanna make sure that it's performing the way you want. And uh, you wanna make sure that there's an application performance management system in place. And these are the things actually that we've designed our soft choice managed cloud around. That's great. And, and Craig, I think it's important to just sort of, you know, remind people as well that when we went to cloud very quickly last year for those that hadn't, um, because they needed to accelerate with the pandemic, that there still is an opportunity to go back and revisit because likely a lot of those things that you talked about on your checklist were missed. Uh, absolutely. And I wouldn't say just an opportunity, but almost a requirement uh, to make sure that they're protected moving forward. So you've got the migration checklist, you've sort of got your one, two, three steps in planning. So then once you're in the cloud, so how do you innovate from there? Because I'm curious, is there a different model? Can you expand on that for our listeners? Yeah, that's when it gets really exciting, Erica, because there's all kinds of platform services available in the cloud. And many of these were available before, it's just that they were separate pieces of software. So you could do artificial intelligence, you could do speech to text, you could do geolocation, but all of these software services were available from different vendors and required different expertise. What the cloud has done is pulled all of these services together in one place, and they also make it very easy to just start using. And so innovation is amazing because uh, the barrier to entry or the barrier to trying them is very low. And uh, there's also a, a community of experts who understand these cloud expertise. It's, it's much more, there's much more broader expertise available because it is a common set of services. So you can try out some of these services and see how that can change your business. You know, when you talk about how do you innovate and, and the options and you talk about platform services that are available, just because people are in the cloud doesn't necessarily mean they are innovating. So we know that cloud providers offer hundreds of microservices, you know, to tap into such things like data lakes, machine learning, AI capabilities, dreaming about the pie in the sky is the easy part. So how are and how do successful leaders that you work with help their organizations navigate all of these options? It's by not starting with the technology. It's actually starting with a business. Ultimately, the technology has to lead to some type of business result. So the conversation we would have with customers is to really understand those levers in their organization, whether it's how could they acquire more customers or how could they provide more value to their customers or what inefficiencies are in their organization that if they were to remove, it would result in a better customer experience and, and potentially lower prices. So the most important thing is to figure out, well, what are the opportunities or problems to be solved? And then mapping that back to the richness of data analytics, machine learning, 
and cognitive services in Azure, for example, uh, to connect the possible business result with the technologies that are available. So you're talking like a true partnership between IT and the business so that the business is really driving from a needs perspective. Absolutely. That's when we've seen success versus it, you know, just becoming a science project. Okay. Or I was going to say, I remember years ago, you know, people just going and spinning up workloads on their credit cards, right? And thinking it's going to solve something, but nobody really connects anything to a bigger strategy. Okay. So, so Craig, so where can our listeners go to learn more? Yeah, well, certainly our, our website has lots of resources. Uh, I suggest as well, some of the best ways to learn is by having conversations with people. And we have hundreds of technical experts across North America. And the reason having a conversation is helpful is because it helps tune it to a customer's needs. And just as I said, you know, technology is great, but what's the business problem being solved? When it, you have a conversation with someone, they can understand what you're looking for. And typically those options show up as workload assessments. So helping understand, well, which applications should be moved. Cloud management services. So if you don't have the staff or don't want to have to worry about the management of cloud, we can take care of that for you. And a hot one uh, the past year has been DevOps. That's been pretty exciting. And that gets around the automation that I talked about. How do you automate the deployment of infrastructures and the creation of applications? And we've certainly seen customers taking advantage of that one too. That's great. I often think of your team, Craig, as sort of the, the ones that are able to talk about the art of the possible and can bring lessons learned from other organizations to bear what worked and what didn't, and uh, for that to save uh, a lot of people a lot of hardship along the way. So anything else we didn't touch on that you want our listeners to know about? First of all, my observation is the cloud technology is moving even faster than people realize. People would say, yes, wow, technology is moving fast. I get to work with Google, AWS, and Microsoft directly with their engineering teams, and it is moving fast, which means the opportunity for uh, businesses are, is huge if they can take advantage of all of that technology. Now, that's also the problem in that there's so much out there. Where do you start? And uh, as I often tell my team, do fewer better. So don't try to tackle a bunch of initiatives. Pick one or two, commit to it, and do it really, really well. And that becomes the catalyst to uh, getting to the cloud uh, by having a success early. I love it. And you've even woven our, our podcast name in here. <laughs> well, Craig, it's been a pleasure. I love always when we connect, I always learn something. And uh, you always give me sort of food for thought. Uh, as I think forward. Um, cloud is moving fast. And I just want to say thank you so much for slowing down a little and taking some time here with us today. My pleasure. It's uh, an exciting time, Erica, and look forward to the next time we talk. I'm blown away by how much potential the cloud can unlock within an organization. It means fewer security risks, increased agility, and the ability to react and innovate in our ever-changing world. But in order to see that happen, your cloud strategy has to be executed the right way. And if you didn't get it right at first, don't worry, now's the time to revisit. With solid cloud migration strategies, we're about to see businesses emerge from our global crisis stronger than ever a transformation that could bring awesome benefits to the world for years to come. 
So it's time to ask yourself, if you've migrated to the cloud, are you doing cloud right? If so, get ready for an exciting future ahead. If not, maybe it's time you spoke to a cloud guru like Craig. On our next episode, we're talking about putting all those pandemic purchases to good use. We'll be speaking with an expert at SoftChoice about what's holding back organizations from fully utilizing their investments and how you can start to improve adoption today with your end users. Doing so won't just drive a more productive and happy workplace. It will also pay off on the bottom line. Don't miss it.